Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and we're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer uh, as it relates to this filibuster. A lot of people hear the word filibuster and they think, oh, kind of glaze over. They talk about that 60 vote threshold. You have to get 60 votes to end debate uh, and be able to move forward to pass a piece of legislation in the United States Senate. Uh, And it's an important thing. It's a feature, not a bug. And as uh, if you missed that last segment with uh, our friend James Walner, who is really the sage of the Senate, uh, we talked about the fact that uh, both parties have been ignoring the rules uh, for a long time. And because of that, the Senate has become less effective. You think it would have been more productive and gotten more things done, but it's become less so. It's become far more politicized and partisan and less deliberate, less debate, less compromise, and less coming together. And so isn't it interesting that it's ignoring the rules that is actually causing the problem? Uh, James used the example of, of your children. When you start kind of selectively ignoring the rules when it's to your benefit, your kids understand that. And that develops this contempt for the rules. And then you blame everything on the rules. And when you're losing, you blame the rules. It's not that you didn't have a good idea. It couldn't possibly that you failed to communicate it or influence people. And so you just complain, and we end up with this back and forth between the political parties rather than having what used to be the greatest deliberative body on the planet uh, doing its job. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. So I want to go back to uh, Senator Kirsten Sinema, Arizona. Uh, Very interesting. She was in Kentucky uh, at the McConnell Institute. That's Mitch McConnell Institute. So you have a very interesting minority leader, Mitch McConnell, his institute, hosting Senator Sinema, Democrat from Arizona. And amazingly, Senator Sinema went at the filibuster in a very interesting way. Part of her speech, she talked about the history of the House and the Senate. And I think this is worth remembering 
and thinking about in terms of the role of the Senate and what it's supposed to do. The House passes legislation that represents the passions of the moment, and that's what it was designed to do when our forefathers created the House. They wanted a body that represented the passions of Americans at the moment, but they tend to be a little bit over-eager. So when Republicans are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And when the Democrats are in control, they pass a little bit of crazy legislation. And the job of the Senate is to cool that passion. You know, there's a saying that um, the House is the cup of hot tea, and the Senate is the saucer in which you cool that tea. The Senate was designed to be a place that moves slowly, to cool down those passions, to think more strategically and long-term about the legislation before us. Uh, That's an important thing to keep in perspective. Everyone says, oh, you know, just majority. The House is a majority body, and so that's why it goes back and forth. And you don't need to negotiate. You don't need to compromise. You don't need to collaborate because if you're in the majority, you're in the majority. And all you have to do is have everybody vote. And if you stick together, it goes through. The Senate, you got to get to 60. Now, as uh, James Walner pointed out for us in the last segment, we've, we've sort of made this change. And he was very precise to point out that they did not change the rules. So if you still go to the rules of the Senate, even on something like a judge, a nomination for a judge or a nomination to a position in the executive branch, the rule, the rule still says that you have to pass that 60 vote threshold. Both political parties have been ignoring that for a very, very long time. Senator Sinema is saying, hey, we need to get back to that. And she went so far as to say, not just for judges, not just for appointees to the administration, we really need to return to that as it relates to voting on bills in the United States Senate. Take a listen. And it'd be bad for us as Americans to think that we should always feed our short-term desires rather than thinking about the long-term. So not only am I committed to the 60-vote threshold, I have an incredibly unpopular view. I actually think we should restore the 60-vote threshold for the areas in which it has been eliminated already. Not everyone likes that. Um, (laughs) Because it would make it harder. It would make it harder for us to confirm judges, and it would make it harder for us to confirm executive appointments in each administration. But I believe that if we did restore it, we would actually see more of that middle ground in all parts of our governance, which is what I believe our forefathers intended. I'm going to give a full-throated endorsement to what the Democratic senator from Arizona said over the weekend. I actually agree that if we restored the 60-vote threshold, not just for judges, not just for executive appointments, but for all legislation— that the Senate would actually find more middle ground, more common ground, more higher ground in all parts of governance. And that is what the Founding Fathers intended. James Walner pointed out to us that the most, one of the most productive seasons in the United States Senate's history was a time of divided government with a 60-vote threshold. Why? Because they came together, they expressed their very different points of view, they hammered it out, 
And it wasn't that anybody was being a squish or selling out or abdicating their principles. They were finding solutions that work for the American people. And that's the job. And so I agree. I think we need to get back. Some people say, well, you can't ever get anything done if you have a 60-vote threshold. Everything will get bogged down. Everything will stop with the filibuster. If we continue to do it the way we've been doing it. The test is for each of us as voters to say, I'm tired of the way we've been doing it. I'm tired of the fact that we're not being that productive or effective or producing the results that the American people want and need or doing it in a transparent way in front of the American people. And so let's do it different. And regardless of who takes control or maintains control of the United States Senate after November the 8th, I I have a challenge to Democrats And I have a challenge for Republicans. Democrats, if you maintain control of the United States Senate, the number is 26. And if you want this to be different, vote for different leaders. It only takes 20. It'll only take 26 senators to decide who the majority leader is if the Democrats are in control. It doesn't have to be Chuck Schumer. There's nothing that says Chuck Schumer has a lifetime appointment in that role. And Republicans, if Republicans take control of the Senate, guess what? The number will probably be 26. And if you're tired of the way things have continued to go under Senator Mitch McConnell, you can change that. It only takes 26. There are a number of members of the United States Senate, both Democrats and Republicans, that I can think of right now that I guarantee you, if they really went after it, they could convince 25 of their colleagues to join them and change the game in the United States Senate. I think it's completely possible. The question is not a matter of can they. The question is a matter of will they. And the will they will be dependent on their will. Do they have the will to do it different and to do it better? And that comes to us Will we have the will to vote different and do different? I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.